This is the Blue Bomber Podcast with CFL Hall of Famer and my broadcast partner, Doug Brown. Just like a head-on car accident, had to piggyback him, grab onto his waist as he pulled him, kind of like a tractor pull there for a couple yards. And you can play it safe, you don't have to take these risks and just nickel and dime your way down the field. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or at CJOB.com. Hey, hey, it's G-Mac along with... Doug Brown. It is the Blue Bomber Podcast. Winnipeg Blue Bombers coming off an overtime victory in Ottawa. Their third win in a row. Should it have gone that far? We will dissect, answer, and ask that question. All the questions and answers around how things went down in Ottawa. How the go down at IGF this weekend as Saskatchewan comes to town to face the Blue Bombers. It's not as big a game as it might have been had Saskatchewan lost to Edmonton this past Monday. But it is a big game for the Blue Bombers. We'll get you set for that. And we'll even go down a couple other paths along with is Drew Brees a top 10 NFL quarterback. All that much more coming up right now on the Blue Bomber Podcast. Don't forget to share, download, subscribe to the Blue Bomber Podcast. It's available wherever fine podcasts are available. Apple, Curious Cast, Omni, CGOB.com, you name it. They've got it. Let's get down to business. So what do you think, Doug? What impressed you about the overtime win against the Red Blacks? My first question would be, should it have gone to overtime in the first place? But we'll back <laughs> that truck not. up. What, what impressed you? Well, the the identity characteristics, this offense were returned in spades. They showed up big time. You talk about time of possession. Okay, so holding on to the football. 36 minutes, the offense held on to football. Um, you talk about a, a ground game that, that chews up that clock and, and keeps you possession. 191 yards on the ground. So they had time of possession. They had their running game going. And then they had Matt Nichols throwing for three touchdowns and zero interceptions and just okay. about 300 yards which yeah, 265 is 265 yards in the game monumental so those, for him those three things are, are big those are the characteristics those are identity features of this offense holding on to the football winning the time of possession battle getting tons of yardage on the ground so they're therefore a balanced offense and then when they're a balanced offense uh, that opens things up for matt nichols and he was his when like, he was good matt nichols right and in, in the sense that Three touchdown passes, zero interceptions, 265 yards in the air. That's very, that's good Matt Nichols right there, right? That's, uh, that's what you get on an ideal day with him. So for me, all the positives coming out of this game, other than the late play by Adam Big Hill, it was all offense. It was, wow, that was the offense we'd gotten used to uh, that we'd seen in spades over the past couple of seasons. It was great to see them back and, and to perform in that regard. So outside of the opening drive by Ottawa in the last two where they got 15 points in, in the last three and a half minutes, the Blue Bomber defense was pretty good for about 50, shall we say, 54. <laughs> minutes of that game on Friday night or did I miss something? Well, you know, that's interesting you bring that up because that's something else that actually impressed me and, and I just forgot to mention it uh, initially. You know, it wasn't just the offense and those those characteristics showing up again for them that was impressive. It was the fact that they had a lead with mere minutes remaining in the fourth quarter. They're up by 15 points and then they see that absolutely dissolve right in front of them. And yet, 
So you lost all your momentum. You have absolutely nothing going for you and your football team right now. And then they give you the ball in overtime. And what does Matt Nichols do? Oh, no big deal. Marches downfield, gets the touchdown, and gets the two-point conversion, which is something this football team never does. So I cannot stress to you how difficult it is to face the situation where the game is slipping away, it's slipping away, it's gone away, it's gone now, it's it's 0-0 zero, zero over again, overtime, here we go. You have nothing going for your football team going into overtime, and yet you go down and you get the touchdown, the two-point conversion, in the most critical of moments, most clutch time, Nichols in this offense performs. So that is something else that very impressed me. But as you were alluding to defensively, uh, I mean, fourth quarter, they give up 15 points, right? And most of that came in the final minutes of the fourth quarter Last when things are most important. So, you know, you hate to bring up this word, but, uh, you know, it's a good thing. First and foremost, it's a good thing Adam Big Hill uh, – was not caught up in that funk that this defense got into, right? Uh, When you're seeing an offense going on the field and they're just marching on you, it's incredibly difficult to stay focused, to stay on top of your game, to understand the urgency at hand when everything is going against you. Nothing is working, can't get off the field. They just keep completing and completing and moving the sticks and the chains. It's it's a snowball avalanche of misery when you're a defensive player. So uh, luckily, Adam Big Hill had the presence of mind, you know, I mean, he doesn't get any closer than that. He, he basically stopped. If Ottawa scored there and tied it up, who knows what would happen in the next minigame, right? So huge, uh, huge credit to Adam Big Hill for that kind of performance. This was one of those ones that uh, a player made a play that you know changed the outcome of the game. It's pretty neat for a defender to make a play and end the game. That's a pretty special moment. Well, he's a hell of a player. He's a very intelligent football player. Uh, he makes guys better around him. You know, I think um, I think the guys are playing better because because he's a part of it. Uh, you know, you hate to say this word defensively, but conditioning looks like it was a factor that late in the fourth quarter for a defense that only been on the field for, what, 23 minutes the entire game, as you said. Shouldn't have been a factor, but you put a couple long drives together and they were gassed, right? I mean, that's the only way you can explain that because the rest of the game, they had nowhere near the kind of problems they did late in the fourth. I want to give a tip of the hat to Javon Santos Knox because on that fumble recovery, it was Big Hill that forced the fumble. But Santos Knox had slid past the play and was out of the play, got back up off the ground and went in and, and actually recovered that loose ball. All in the left half. Trevor Harris has it in the pocket. Getting lots of time. Throws. Got a man open at the 10-yard line. It's Sinopoli. Oh, he fumbled! And the Bombers have recovered, and the game is over. The Bombers win. Sinopoli fumbled at the five-yard line, hit by Adam Big Hill. The Bombers recovered, and they're going to win this thriller 40-32. to 32. <laughs> Wow. What a game. Was it a big deal then that the Bombers actually had the ball first? in the mini game and scored the eight points do you think that helped in terms of the mindset of the defense because instead of 15 straight regulation <laughs> time points and then maybe eight points all in overtime all they had to do was stop them yeah. does that does that play into this at all yeah, i mean you never know how it's going to work out if if it's if the script is flipped in that regard but uh i believe it was santos knox that gave credit to big hill as well for covering him up because I, I guess that was his response Responsibility, what That's was right. There, and, and he was errant in his coverage, 
or, or whatever and it was Big Hill that bailed him out so it's a good thing that Knox actually got uh, the fumble recovery himself so you alluded to the fact that Matt Nichols had uh, a type of game that you, the Blue Bombers need him to have in order to win. How do the Blue Bombers go about making sure that this is the kind of Matt Nichols that they get on Saturday afternoon against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? Hey, it was very interesting. If you look, so you just take a snapshot of the past seven games, okay? And you want to look at those seven games because you got four of them that are terrible that are four losses in a row and you got three that are excellent that are three wins in a row okay so you're like what the heck is the difference between these two and you look at those four games they lost and Nichols is completing 60% of his passes uh, and in that four game stretch he had four TDs he threw four and he had through eight picks so you're supposed to be at a two to one or a three to one ratio touchdowns to interceptions when you're a quarterback. He was the other way, two to one interceptions to touchdowns. Okay, and a sixty percent completion. That's a little more than you know half of your passes are, are probably being. probably pretty much about what you could do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never know. Anyways, and, and the funny thing is, so then you look and then you sit down. Okay. And, and there were some good teams. Obviously, two of those games were against Saskatchewan, but one of them was a blowout initially against Ottawa, right? So it's not just you're looking at the three-game winning streak now. You can't just say, oh, well, those were better teams than that lot because they beat Edmonton and they beat Ottawa, you know, as well as Montreal, obviously, which is a free spot on the bingo, bingo card. But those win, they're still good teams in both bunches, right? So you look at the three-game winning streak they have, and, and you look at Matt Nichols' numbers, and you're like, all of a sudden, that 60% completion ratio goes to 75%. So that's an uh, increase. Uh, he's 15% accurate, more accurate all of a sudden. Four touchdowns and eight interceptions in that four-game four losing streak. All of a sudden, now he's thrown four more touchdowns, one interception in the three-game winning streak. You're like, what is the difference? Like, what's the switch? What's the-? And then it's funny. You look at the roster spots and the change. The only difference... You see, between those four games losing and the three, I mean, granted, you know, Jamarcus Hardricks was had an injury situation. I'm not quite sure at the moment he came back, but I'm writing it down right now to just just to see if I'm right. Okay, okay yeah. I'm writing it down. You're right writing now. down what the answer is. Yep, yeah, yep. it's Weston Dressler. <laughs> and there you go, number seven. You wrote that, wrote it down. He's the security blanket for you know, and you're like, oh well, look at his numbers. They're not fantastic. They're not. How can that be true? Doesn't matter. You just look. Look at how the receivers played, you know, in this game against Ottawa. Uh, not only does he make everybody else around him better, I think he was the second leading receiver in this game. He caught two touchdown passes, and he's just, he's a security blanket. He's, he's the go-to guy for Nichols. I think he's always running the right route. I think he understands what's unfolding on the field better than anybody else. I think he's a guy that in critical and heated moments, Nichols, you know, feels... You know, he can throw the ball to this guy in any number of situations. I think he gets everybody on the right page. And I think his uh, experience, the respect he commands, uh, his leadership, I think all these factors are pronounced. And uh, granted, you know, in, in the world of um, 
um, causation. We probably have to say this is correlational. I don't think we can prove that when Dressler is there, that, but uh, these are quite coincidental, highly coincidental, that he would be that challenged as a quarterback when Dressler's out of the lineup. And all of a sudden, that good when he's back, I think some of this has to be associated and attributed to Western Dresser. Well, all of a sudden you have Darvin Adams with nine receptions. And where's Darvin Adams been? Where was he during that four-game losing streak? He was basically invisible. He was not open the way the Blue Bombers need him to be open, to be effective. I think you're bang on on that, Doug. And the whole idea that Weston Dressler is too old or too small to play the game anymore, I think he's completely debunk that in the last three games so now we look forward to Saskatchewan do you want to talk anymore about this defense because night night and day to a certain extent performance but like I said in that middle 55 minutes of the game outside of that first drive in the last two the defense was actually fairly solid I think going into the third quarter the Red Blacks had only six more yards passing than they had in penalties. So the Blue Bomber defense had really I, done I a job. because you were texting me about I that. I was texting yeah. you about well, that. Well, I mean, the whole thing is it's going to be a disappointment no matter what because you gave up three against Edmonton on the road. Okay? You gave up three total points right. against Edmonton on the road. All of a sudden, you allow 32 the next week. And, you know, people are hoping, oh, that whole thing, right? Once it's a, That's why once is a fluke, twice is a coincidence, three is the beginning of a trend, fourth is a part of your identity. So it just goes to show you giving up those that, that kind of, uh, that little damage to the Edmonton Eskimos, not necessarily what you can expect on a week-by-week basis. Luckily, they have a you know, difference between this defense and, and those of other years. They have some clutch performers now, some guys like Big Hill that can bail them out uh, in an overall situation where they were about to steal. How's that saying go? You're stealing defeat from the jaws of victory. There you go. They were about to do that as a defensive unit and they got bailed out. So um, 455 yards of offense given up. and, And that's one thing. But. Ottawa only had the ball for 23 minutes and 38 seconds. So if you actually break that, that's a whole lot of yardage yeah, in a you know very what? small amount of time Good point. surrendered. So that's that's a tough game for the defense. Okay, so the Blue Bombers finish out the season three games against Western opponent, opponents. Saskatchewan comes to Winnipeg Saturday. Then the Bombers... Uh, will host Calgary, and then they go to Edmonton. Saskatchewan has three games remaining. I, I think second place is, is off the table yeah. for the Blue Bombers, right? They have to run the table, and Saskatchewan has to lose out. So really, we're talking the difference between third place and the crossover. And Edmonton is looking every... Terrible. They're looking intent on going east. And the BC <laughs> Lions may may have something to say that before the season's over as well. Yeah, I don't think Winnipeg has to worry about BC because they have that tiebreaker. Right. I think. I no, think, I meant in terms of Edmonton yeah, and whether yeah, or not Edmonton's yeah. even going to make they the playoffs. Free fall completely or not. I think Winnipeg goes, uh, wins two of, the, two of their final three. I think they finish the year 10 and 8, and I think they're going to be third place in the West, and they're going to be going on the road for round one. Who are they losing to? Are they losing to Calgary or are they losing to Saturday? Um, I, I think they're going to beat Saskatchewan. And uh, they're going to lose to either Calgary or it's going to be a mean-nothing game for them in Edmonton and a mean-everything game for Edmonton in Edmonton. So that could be... Uh, I say I say they win two out of three, right? They're 8-7 eight, seven, eight and seven right now. And uh, I think they'll beat Saskatchewan 
And uh, the other two, I'm not sure, but I'm just going to give them two wins, okay. give them 10 and 8 on the season, third place in the West. I like the way you're thinking. Uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, I know it's not on the list here, but they did everything they could really to give Edmonton every opportunity to win that game yesterday. Uh, Saskatchewan doesn't scare me the way they did heading into the Labor Day Classic. Yeah, the only thing that scares Winnipeg about Saskatchewan should be Willie Jefferson. Right, my what a beast, <laughs> man! Is he a game changer and a half? He's performed well against everybody. He's having a hell of a year, making big plays when they need it most. So, you know, as a as a CFL fan, he's kind of fun to watch. You know, for a guy for a defensive end to have like pick sixes. And, and first of all, the way, how hilarious is that? The way he trots along the... It, well, I don't find it hilarious at all. Do you find it hilarious, Doug Brown? I, I just like watching play... Well, not in a game I'm playing in, but I find it <laughs> amusing to watch players just mock their opposition like that. It's very short-sighted, something I obviously would never do, but I, I think it's kind of funny when it's not my team and, and I'm a spectator watching it on television and watching someone just, uh, you know, call out and, and just it's that's something but he's you know i don't need to bring it up we don't need to revisit this but he's certainly in the heads i would dare say of some offensive linemen in winnipeg and possibly a quarterback or two so let's step away from the football gridiron and head to Las Vegas. Oh, what a crazy fight, huh? Did you see that? Did you I, watch it? No, I didn't watch it. I, you know, the combat sports are great, and I like the hype and all that sort of stuff. But Dude, it's catching up to boxing in terms of pay-per-views and everything now. You know that, right? Well, absolutely it is, and it, it's absolutely enormous and, and what they've managed to do with the UFC, but... What happened outside or after the match? Does, does, does that deter anyone from from watching this thing, or does this know, just double like, the pay per view like, for the rematch to a wrestling event? That's what I was. I, like, I was just waiting. I was waiting to hear the music and then to hear Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> strut out. And I don't, I don't know what was going to happen after that. But yeah, I mean, the fight was underwhelming. Actually, the fight of the night was the one, the Pettis fight before that. Uh, that was amazing. That actually got fight of the night but mcgregor khabib you know you know what i, I think it is uh, and I, I watched this fight i think mcgregor's a guy that got a hundred million dollars from floyd uh floyd money mayweather in his boxing match and according to dana white he's probably going to get close to around the same in this one just because of the pay-per-view buy-in he only got two or three million from the ufc in terms of his fighter's purse but his pay-per-view share is going to be astronomical so anyways, even if he only gets 50 million, whatever, he's just a guy, he looks like he's just, too, he's too rich now. He's lost that hunger. You get so much money and you're just like, no matter what happens to me now, I'm good. You know what I'm like? And he's got his proper 12 whiskey and he's just rolling, right? And you just, you see him, you watch him in the octagon now, and you're just like, yeah, I, he loves the showmanship, but it doesn't look like he's putting, I mean, he got his, his, uh, his stand-up game is his strength, and he got outstruck, if that's the way you can say it, against Khabib. Like, he actually got dropped with a punch. He's supposed to be, he's supposed to be the guy that throws hands and wins standing up, and he got beat in every single facet, and uh, he gasses out. Every big fight, it seems like, well, at least a couple now, and then he gives you his back and he gets choked out. It's a familiar story, and I think he's got one or two more, 
uh, lackluster fights like that before he loses it all in terms of the buy-in, the the hype. Does it matter interest. anymore though? I mean, come on, like he's he's set for life and, and well, several it, lives, it, right? It, it so, certainly looks like that is how he's performing as an athlete right now, like a guy that knows he's set for life and doesn't have the same hunger or drive or dedication to his craft. Like he got caught he got caught for being sloppy in this fight. Like, how do you not respect an opponent like that that is undefeated that used to wrestle wrestle grizzly bears when he was six years old or something from Russia? Like, are, are you kidding me? So I don't know. That's my one take on McGregor. Well, I like I like your take. It's a take. It's a hot take. It's always a hot take. And uh, you know, I've been sitting here. I've been trying to scroll through Peyton Manning's Twitter feed because his tweet. To Drew Brees last night was hilarious. We're kind Speaking, of switching gears. We're now. switching okay. gears now. Drew Brees, the top performance. ten all-time, uh, top ten all-time quarterback in the NFL. Well, he had obviously his Monday night game. We should preface this: his Monday night game last night. Uh, he broke the record. He's now the all-time passing yardage leader. And obviously, you're referring to the Peyton Manning video where what do you have it for a thousand days? He yep, had the record. Yep, for thanks a for days. ruining the best thousand days of my life. Tomatoes or something. Something video? like that. Did he get? Is he in the 500 touchdown club as well? Uh, yeah, I no? think Bruce was in. The, uh, Breeze moved into that club last year. I think it's 503 or something. Like so that's the only interesting to debate about the Drew Breeze uh, scenario and him becoming the all-time you know, passing leader in yardage in NFL history is do you consider Drew Brees to be a top 10 all-time NFL quarterback? Do you is the question. You've got it on the list here. Well, let's put it this way. I, I'm going to read you 10 guys. Okay. And you, you tell me who he's better than. Uh, Tom Brady. Nope. Joe Montana. Nope. Peyton Manning. Nope. Brett Favre. Nope. Joe Namath. Maybe. Okay. Terry Bradshaw. Nope. Johnny Unitas. I d- didn't see him play, but based on what I've learned, nope. nope. John Elway. Uh, nope. Dan Marino. Uh, yeah, th- you might be able to make okay. an argument there. Or Steve Young. I mean, Steve Young nope. is one of my... Uh, I think Steve Young is the of the 10 yeah. on that list, the most underrated of them all based on his winning percentage and everything that he did for the amount of time he played. I have long argued that Steve Young is the best quarterback on that list based on everybody else. I read. Just based on what he's done because he didn't have the longevity and, and the mm-hmm. career. If he had played longer, he would have done a lot of the same things that the, the, the gentleman that you listed there. I, I think you could make an argument for Drew Brees to be on the list, but I get the point you're trying to make. Well, I mean, the thing with Drew Brees, and then you get this with a lot of guys that have stats. He's a longevity guy as well, mm-hmm. right? I would dare longevity say... Longevity is skill. I thought I thought we agreed on that. <laughs> longevity is skill? To a, to is a, a skill. Yeah, yeah, to be durable, but it, there's also some luck and, and stuff. It doesn't make you necessarily greater than someone else just because you lasted or were able to play long or were lucky or had a better offensive line, per se, when we're talking about quarterbacks here. So uh, for me, I mean, it's almost, it's almost a Kevin Glenn argument in the sense that look at what he's compiled wow, and his you numbers just went there. and I just went there <laughs> and it is, should he be in the Canadian football hall of fame or not Bob Irving? And I have had many a discussion about, you know, that whether he is a longevity guy or whether he's a, uh, you know, a guy that whose feats and, and accomplishments on the football field put him there. So just when I look at this list, when I read you that list of, of 10 guys, yeah, Drew Brees for me is 
probably out of those 10, maybe eight or nine. He, he maybe just squeaks in, but that's the debate. And that goes to show you the validity of that argument is just because you have the all time passing. Does make you make the you best. In anyone's book does not make you in anyone's book the best quarterback of all time. Um, it is is an accomplishment for sure. Obviously, you have uh, a certain uh, pedigree about you, but it doesn't mean the most of something doesn't make you the best of something. You know who you forgot on that list? Who? I'm going to admonish you now, Doug Brown. Who? Warren Moon. Oh, yeah. Should have been on that list. Warren Moon's, uh, I believe, the only player that's ever that's uh in the cfl and the nfl hall of fame you would be correct so yeah yeah the only player doug we'll take a pause we will uh reconvene next week the bombers will be in the home stretch if they're not already there of the schedule saskatchewan rough riders at igf this saturday afternoon it'll be an interesting game i think the blue bombers have a big statement to make it's not going to really matter in terms of moving up in the standings but it will solidify their hold on third place you of victory set the this tone weekend. if you're going to end up going to Saskatchewan for right. a playoff game it's a good time to remind them that you don't are you going to be thinking that are you thinking that if you're the Blue Bombers I know Mike O'Shea would never in a million years admit that he wants his players to set the tone for a game that may take may or may not take place in four weeks from now what does it matter he wants them to win and guess what winning is setting the tone for, for what's to come and you know with this few games remaining you, you can't help yourself as a player to start figuring out scenarios of what, what lays ahead. The Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown. Oh, that is, wow, that's fantastic. I like that. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or at cjob.com. 